Well, oh, I got a fucking. Happy birthday. Cheers, bloke. Don't look a day oh, over 21. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> How's this, though? Oh. That's a bloody. Nothing like a litre of fucking sugar <laughs> to start the morning, <laughs> eh? <laughs> You're off to a good start then. Dude, this is um this is a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. This is for us big boys with big hands. Imagine this with a snorkel. Yeah, dude. Just Yeah, for your birthday. I reckon they're <laughs> <laughs> You know those guys that can just do all anyone, any male female whatever. They can just do a jug just in I don't straight understand. Down the throat. And like you watch it and it's like they're opening up their throat and just letting it fucking hammer down. It's like you feel horrible afterwards, right? I, I, it's all at once too. Like I feel horrible after a night of drinking, and I'll have the overnight of drinking. I'll have that same amount they have in one hit. Yeah. And then they probably go drinking after that. Yeah. Like, that's when you know you're an alcoholic when you can take that dude. and be like, now I'm ready to start drinking. Like we um on on Saturday night, I partied with this dude who like I explained it to him afterwards and other people. It seems that this guy gets more energetic the more pissed he gets. Mm. Super fun, like super fun dude. But I'm like. You know, I'm 14 drinks deep and I'm just like, bro, I need to go home and throw up and go to bed. Yeah. You know, and he's just like, no, we're fucking just getting I think started. A, I think that's a good thing. To yeah. Have. Yeah. Fuck Being yeah, a dude. lightweight, like even Steph and I the other night, we like went and got like jams and raw Cokes and we, we know we have like fizzes because we know we want to feel good the next day or whatever. Yeah. But we're like, I just want to get something nice. Like I want to just sit there and enjoy the drink. I don't want to, you know, just drink for the sake or whatever. Like, yeah. So I got these and then we both had two each because of four pack. And we're like giggling and laughing on the couch, just like being like, holy yeah, fuck, like, what's I'm, going on? I'm tipsy, I'm like getting pretty like yeah, drunk. And like, you realize that that's what people like. That's the shit they like. They like getting there quickly. Instead of four drinks, though, it's like taking them eight, and the next time it's like yeah, taking yeah, them, yeah. sculling one of these to actually start to feel something. Well, this is the thing. Like, I asked myself, you know how the old dudes have the, you know, um, straight whiskey over rocks and. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that something that you grow into? Or like, was he drinking whiskey when he was younger and he's just been doing it forever so now he's accustomed to it, you know? I think they also just get lazy. Like when I go drinking after, and you, know, you want to get a bottle or something, you're like, well, I've got to get mixers. And you're like, well, what if I keep drinking and I run out of mixer? So you go buy two mixers or whatever. You've got to get ice. Well, then you get to this, yeah, then you get to the stage where you like, I guess when you drink so much, you just like, I just, I have a bottle of whiskey and I'm just going to do it now. Like, yeah, dude. you don't want to go get the mixer. You don't, can we bother, you know, you just pour yourself that and then it's just... Yeah, this is the same as a, as a heroin addict being like, I don't, I don't want to roll it up and smoke it anymore. I just want it straight in my veins, you know? It's like, man, the process is, is part of it. When it rains, it pours. Yeah, dude. Like no, I mean, it, it's all drugs, right? It's all addict behavior. Yeah. I mean, alcoholism is addiction to alcohol. You yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it because it's so... Well, you can't have a problem with it. it yeah. It's, a, it's public's norm. Yeah. You know, you got a problem with alcohol. It's like, what are you, a fucking loser? Drink some alcohol, you know? Yeah. But no, then you think, uh, change your terminology and it's, it's that simple. You know? Well, it's like coffee is technically a drug too, right? Yeah, dude. Caffeine, I would, so dude, it's I like... I mainline coffee if I could. <laughs> you know? I can't go there without it. It's one of those things I wake up and I'm like, I can feel myself like, you know, like being slumped over right there and like I'll be halfway through a day or whatever and being like, why am I feeling? And I'm like, I haven't had my coffee. Like, you know, yeah. like, I haven't had my fucking hit. <laughs> dude, it's wild to think that like that, I mean, there's probably a bunch of shit like sugar has snuck under the radar. Like f I'm fully fucking addicted to sugar. Oh, I am a sweet to the heart. Like that's gonna be the one thing that I am. I fit. I like. I ride all the time. Yeah. My dinners, like Steph and I, again, re eat really well. Um, I try to look after myself, you know, and I enjoy eating really well. Like I just, I really go eating shit food, and like yeah. my body will just. And if, when I want to be as active as I am riding, I really have to keep up with that. Yeah. But my thing that I cannot give up is sugar. Like I'll have a treat. It's I'll have. I'll eat a bar of chocolate after dinner. And not think about my hand, you know, it's yeah, as if no. it's nothing. And like lunch is always like a really healthy wrap or something good. Yeah. And there's always something sweet with it. And I'm like, the yeah, only yeah. way to get away with it is try and like take chocolate away and instead have something like yogurt. So it's a little bit sweet, but it's not. It's not as harsh. 
Yeah, yeah. because I am the same as you. Sugar is just right. my jam. Like, even right now, sitting here, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have something I'm, like this and stuff. I fuck with the sugar more than alcohol, <laughs> you know? <coughs> yep. It's weird, man. Like, I started doing the same. Like, I did the replacing ice cream with yogurt, but the problem is you have to make sure there's no ice cream left in the house, otherwise, you just have yogurt and ice cream. <laughs> you know? It's like, well, I'm already there. And then you just, like, your main, like, main vein is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking oath. And, like, you brush your teeth, you're like, I really shouldn't. I'll just have one biscuit. I'm going to bed That's after you, that. That should know? be your thing. That should be like, I'm going to clean my teeth so I don't have any more sweets. And you're like, oh, man. I'm at that stage where, like, I can't eat or drink anything more after I have my teeth clean. So just. Yeah, that's yeah, it you yeah. like lock it in and like so what's like obviously you take your writing super seriously what's your like what is that serious it's fun like it's a heap of like like it's it's i don't think, yeah i don't think it's serious because it's if i took it serious i don't think i'd enjoy it as much yeah okay. it's just something i've always done i uh i was never really like a nintendo or like uh, like I never really owned a gaming console. I've never owned a PlayStation or Nintendo or something like that. Wow. Uh, always just out. Like mum always bought me like I think it was you know, a skateboard. I actually had a scooter at one point. Um, roller. I actually did rollerblading for a long time. I actually had rollerblades that had four wheels, and I took out one wheel so I could yeah. do grinds. Yeah, sick. Um, yeah, I did like that. Um, did the the free boots for a while, and then BMX uh, came into it. Rode BMX for a long time. Uh, even to date. I think until recently, like I haven't had a BMX. It's always been that thing that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. But always just been um, more outdoors and just really enjoyed. I just can't sit still for very long. I don't really enjoy watching long movies. I don't really, yeah, can't sit there watching PlayStation stuff. Yeah. Just been outside and just adventuring. Yeah. Um, I think my mum, yeah, always kind of like fed that addiction instead of anything else. Yeah. And um, it's also, I think it's pretty, like, obviously what you do, you, you have a unique uh, way of like, getting getting that oh, what am i trying to say you've got like your way of getting out that kind of feeling through doing something physical but yeah. i think it's a very natural thing like, yeah i think it was always just uh like i never really wanted to enter races as well like i never like i could have done bmx racing i could have done like downhill mountain bike racing, but i think it was the, the best thing for me to motivate me was to be against myself yeah so yeah. going out and trying to learn that trick and when i land it that was a better feeling than me going out and beating someone and yeah, I, like, yeah, i'm just yeah. not competitive against other people but in my own head like i am like I've only got to where I'm at because I just like hassle myself to get out and to go and do better than what I did last time in a sense. Dude, it's so um, interesting. I have the same mentality. Like yep. I'm against me every day. Yep. And like I feel like even with Black Ink, I don't really have any competition. Yeah. My competition's yesterday. Yeah. Like just do better than him. Yeah. And we'll fucking be fine for tomorrow. And you just look you back know? at what you did like five years ago in a sense, and then that is a better feeling to me. Like looking back at some like the way I rode five years ago and seeing where I'm at now is far better than getting out and beating someone by ten yeah. meters, you know, or doing better than that race, like I've, I've entered races before, I've done, you know, track lacrosse, which is like fixed gear, but on dirt. Yeah. Um, and I've been like third place, whatever, and there's just no drive for me to, to beat that person. When mm. I ended, I wasn't even feeling bad at myself because I wasn't against that guy. Yeah. But, you know, if at the end of it, I did a, you know, ask me a trick that was better than I did last time, fucking yeah, better than winning. Go, like, yeah. I've always been against myself with that. And I've always gone out and spent a lot of time by myself riding because that was just, uh, Again, just enjoying my own time and yeah. being against myself. Dude, there's a, it's a cheat code. We were talking about this yesterday. Like, I feel like we've got this secret that no one else knows. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I've got my bike and just a nice a bit, mm -hmm. a bit of nice weather. Fuck, my words are all fucked today. But yeah, a bit <laughs> of nice weather and just like no, no, like even if you're getting away from a job just to like get a, get rid of stress for a second, it's like you yep. get on your bike and just start moving forwards. You do yep. a wheelie, you hit a corner nice and hard. Yeah, it's like man, this is for free. Yep. I just get on my bike and it's for free. I always just think to myself, I was going to go out and just, just get out to, you know, because it's a sunny afternoon and you finished work and you got to get out. Just 
go out and do it, go around the block just to, you know, just to say you did it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then five minutes into it, I find myself like six suburbs away and being like, fuck, I gotta start heading back. Cause Think like, yeah, yeah, yeah. once you get that ball, the hardest part again is, I guess when you're against yourself and not someone else's, that motivation to first get out. Yeah. Once I'm out, I'm unstoppable. I can't, like I'll just keep riding by myself. Biggest thing is headphones as well. Like if I'm by myself and I set of headphones in, I mean, that music is really, Jamming yeah, that's like real fucking PlayStation spent, shit I gotta want to go back home because one, the ride's fun, but that music's just put me in the mood just to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I'm someone who definitely needs that. Yeah, it's fun. Well, you're. I would say that you're in a unique position in that you're someone that can really like you know with freestyle motocross, someone does a triple backflip, yeah. Then everyone else knows how to do a triple backflip. Yeah. I feel like you're one of the kind of leading pinnacle riders in the fixie scene in the world where you can like come up with a trick that everyone else then goes and replicates. Yeah, it's Fixie is like, I think for a lot of people, it's obviously real odd or whatever, but it's also been around before anything else. So the first ever bike that ever came about was Fixed Gear because they yeah. didn't know how to make a bike freewheel. Yeah. So Fixed Gear was that, then Velodrome kind of like racing. And then from that came gears, then came road bikes, then came mountain bikes, then came BMX. Yeah. Then all like the offshoots of that flat yeah, wing. You know? okay, yeah. So Fixed Gear has been actually around for a lot, so long. And even now today, like when you think you've done something for the first time, 10 years ago, someone probably actually still did it. Yeah. So you kind of just like, Fisky is one of the things that comes in waves. It'll probably be like most things, BMX will come and go and stuff. Um, and like, yeah, it, it feels like I do a lot of stuff for the first time, but then realistically someone will quickly remind you that you're not really though. So it's kind of like, man, I, you just gotta bring your own style to it. Like there's a flow to it. Like someone may yeah. have done it that many years ago, but you go do it and someone's like, sees the way you did it and goes, you're the one who does it that way. That's what I'd rather be like. Dude, I think it's for. like, even with my skating, I look at it, because obviously like everyone has their unique style and their mm. unique like flair on the way they do things. Mm. And I used to think that that was like your weakness. And now I realize like that's actually your strength. Mm. Like your style, like this is the thing, like you doing a, like I was talking about that dude who kind of hovers his, the front of his bike and does a bar spin and it's while he's riding. Yeah. So it kind of looks like it's impossible to do. Yeah. And then it's like, I, I was thinking about that trick and I thought, well, there's actually heaps of ways you can do that. It was the, his inflection on the way he yeah. like did it all in one mo mm -hmm. movement and came down. Yeah. It's like, fuck, there's, you can be the first person, I know it sounds silly, in the world doing it with that fucking yeah. inflection finesse. to it. That, yeah. yeah, that finesse, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that uh, style. And I think there's something really important for other people to, who are getting into something, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's breakdancing, um, you know, fishing, whatever, you know, whatever it is you're into, uh, is to really just work on your own, doing it your own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it, and that's why, like, there's a lot of people I look up to and like, Max and I talk about this all the time. We'll do a trick, and yeah, we've seen someone else do it, but we're trying to almost replicate the way they did it because they brought their own style to it. Yeah, yeah. And we'll yeah. be like, yeah, you did a bunny hop, but did you see that way that like, I did the bunny hop, but he tucked it in a certain way? Yeah. I'm going to try and do it like that way. That's, to me, like more impressive if someone's like, oh, AE Proof does it this way. That means more to me being like, oh, I just did it because that's what felt good to me. Yeah, but someone's like, yeah. notices that it's different or really enjoys that side of things. I think right? it's crazy. A lot of the times you just try and like get the trick. You know, it's like you're trying and to like your body execute just, it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, he swings super far back. And it's like, <coughs> that was the thing that worked to me when I did it at the time. You know? Yeah. It's, um, I think one of the cool things, like I've never been riding fixies for, I got a fixie for my 19th birthday mm -hmm. and I still have that fixie. Yeah, it's wild. So I'm... Um, I'm fucking 30 years old, so I've been into fixies like 11 years. And in that time, I've seen my bike go out of fashion and back into fashion. Yeah, like 100%. Fixie scene, the fixie fashion scene is fucking weird, man. Yeah. Like the bikes have changed so much, and I feel like the pendulum has swung. Now they've just all gone back to like flat bar, standard, you know, triangle frame. Yeah, and it's like anything though. Like again, BMX, like when I got into it, everyone was cutting their bars down so that your hands actually started like creeping down onto the curve. Oh, you know, yeah. and it was so small and you had four pegs and a bash guard and like 
half link chain and it just yeah. it was just like industrial strength like you know and these days it's big high rise wide your arms are like, like this yeah and people are you know half their bikes made of titanium or plastic or you know whatever yeah, it's I kind of like that as well. Like it's, um, you can kind of see when someone. I think I was talking to someone the other day about tattoos. A very similar thing. You know the era when someone got into something. Yeah. According to that, like some people will never let go of it. I'll see a guy down at a skate park, and he's in his mid forties, and he's got these tiny handlebars and four pe- you know, four massive pegs, and like the bash in like. Yeah. You know the gyro still like everyone's runs still there. Yeah. Yeah, and like, um, you can just kind of tell when they got into it. and They don't really want to let go. And Fixie's going to be very similar. I still see guys getting around, guys, girls, whatever, and. Their handlebars are absolutely tiny, oh, and they love it. And they're like, "Oh, I don't want to go to the wide bar." And for yeah, me, I'm like, "Control, bro." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and I'm like looking at it and being like, "I don't know how you do it." But again, like, like even when I got into fixed gear and saw the narrow bar, I still kind of, you know, had this, you know, BMX was still in that wide bar thing. And coming from BMX, I was like, "I can't ride those small handlebars." Yeah, I can't yeah, do it, yeah. You know? And then over time, like, it's just become this thing now, like. Dude, do you, re- you you were the one who made the video yeah, with the, the broom <laughs> handle. Wide bars. Oh yeah, my God. like that was literally like I was but that's hit in my head how I saw everyone. I was like, some people I'm like, you've gone and got this wide bar and gone to the next level. Like you, these, <laughs> these these you know, these people who have shoulders this wide yeah. and they're wearing these handlebars and I'm like, how are you not popping your arms out of the yeah, pocket? Dude. Like you can see them get to their like to go turn and like they have to almost let go of the handlebar to be able to like, get that yeah, little bit more dude, like they're so wide like, crazy uh, and then crazy. so from that that video I was just like make, taking the piss of people who ride handlebars that are way too wide for them uh, I, and just taking that joke you know like dude and that fucking we were talking about this this morning that handlebar clip of yours yep. that blew up the other day yep. see that's that's a perfect example of like just going having fun doing something yep. that no one's done before and just seeing if it works yep. and then what do you know? If I can get heaps of likes, heaps of views, yep. heaps of comments. Yeah. It's like, that's so fucking... I, no, it was... I just don't have fun doing it. I mean, another one as well is... Uh, I was just... Most of my videos, actually, you'll notice that are big and viral, whatever, at the museum. And that's because I'm surrounded by a bunch of like-minded people. Yeah. And we're sitting around and kind of like talking shit and just like having fun. And I'm like, I wonder if I can like... So one time I was just sitting there and I'm like, I wonder if I could bolt two wheels to my forks, like to the front. Mm. And I just... One of my mates had a wheel size and tire size exact same as mine. I took yeah. mine off, bolted <clears> on, and like you know, had one wheel on one side of the fork and one on the other. Yeah. And like we was doing it for shits and having fun. I was like, I didn't know that was possible. Like, yeah. This is the thing. Like I'm sure someone else has done it. I'm not gonna claim to be the first. Like it's just ridiculous these days. But I again put it up and just blew up. And then after that, there was like five or six people who were sort of giving it a go. And I'm just like, that kind of stuff to me is the most fun. And that museum is like a six spot to be because it just really stimulates your creativity and like. Dude, you're in your community. Yeah, and like Max and I bounce off each other when we're learning tricks again. Uh, like I said, I'm against myself, but when you're with someone who gives you that idea, then you go and I'll go and spend that next yeah. couple of days by myself to try and get it. Like it's real hard to go to the museum, you're like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much, you know, like, um, but yeah, those videos usually come from like me not thinking about it beforehand, but on yeah. the spot being like, you know, that Hacksaw obviously video. Uh, I had thought about beforehand, but even then I was like, oh, I don't want to do this by myself. I want to go yeah. down, like, go do it with Max. And, uh, yeah, because you do look like a fucking odd cunt soaring off your handlebar by yourself. <laughs> in in fuck. It's for a video. <laughs> don't, Can you? Don't, I don't mind me. Don't like, <laughs> I don't normally carry a hacksaw around with me, but yeah, here I am with my well. hacksaw. Like. I think, um, so, 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 what is the fixie culture in Melbourne? Is there an established group? Like, I know... We were talking about this FTW. It was not, it not was really huge, a- but COVID has killed it. That's I mean, it's probably a really, I mean, COVID sort of made some things blow up and other things die out. Um, it's really good for Melbourne's quite flat, and it's why I moved from Brisbane to Melbourne because a there was a bigger scene here than, and I was just really in fixed gear, just 
so self-absorbed with it. Yeah. Came for a couple of holiday trips uh, and then ended up moving here because it just felt like me and Brisbane had a really cool scene. Like every Sunday night we'd go for a ride. Yeah. And there's probably a good 10, 15 people would go. But it's really hilly, based a bit more on speed and distance and that kind of stuff and, and so be it. But I started slowly wanting to do lower gearing and more tricks and kind of felt like a little, you know, it was real hard to kind of yeah. keep up with these rides and whatever. They're really like inviting inviting you know as the crowd like matt from matt, shout out to matt lee's gang for the brisbane scene he just kept it alive and kept inviting people really wanted it involving but for me i decided wanting to do more tricks and more so that sort of things and when i came to melbourne there was a few people doing that and the rides were you know melbourne's flat and it was just cruisy and just really fun and that's what I really wanted to get into so because it's flat single speed and fixed gear is a really popular way of getting around yeah um that kind of scene from that you know obviously you buy a bike and start getting really into it yeah so that kind of the scene is it was really good and really fun had a heap of events during the year we had a lot of alley cats uh, yeah. which is basically a bicycle treasure hunt for people who don't know what alley cat is yeah um, they put a bunch of spots around the city and you got to get to each spot and set amount of time and follow you know instructions or whatever and um there was uh, always a group ride on monday nights it's called m and r monday ride yeah. um and yeah it was really cool but then COVID, it just kind of like a lot of people were just kind of put the bikes in the shed and didn't really i mean for me i didn't really stop because the only thing you could do was ride. Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of contradictory that they it wouldn't was, ride. Yeah, it was a dream come true. Like, I'd, I feel real guilty when I'm not going to work. Um, you know, obviously, I've always had a job and always like want to keep staying active in that sense. So, COVID kind of was like, gave you a reason to, you know, you can't go to work. You have to stay at home. Yep. It's the whole world right now is at home. You're not doing anything yep. bad or you feel guilty for that. Um, and you were allowed to go out and exercise and riding was one of those things. So, for me, COVID was a blast to go riding by myself because that's what I'd do normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt really stimulated and really kind of kept riding and kind of made me push and learn a few things. But we couldn't go into groups and that kind of just died off. M&R stopped. Yeah. People felt really guilty. Like a lot of people really, you know, rattled by COVID and really didn't want to meet up and whatever. And ever since then, it's kind of taken a while to just get back into it again. It didn't really come back booming. Um, a few of the guys who just started going on their own ventures. Um, I know Derek's starting to do a lot more road riding and racing. Yeah. Um, Q and Tara are really big into you know, doing the events and they went and had a kid. So everyone kind of like, uh, COVID just kind of split it up and then it's, it's been hard to sort of get back up. I feel like yeah. there's, a, there's a really big wave right now of wheelie kids. That scene is just like, it's twice as big as Fisky ever was. That took me in the past 12 months. Yeah. I'm a wheelie like, kid now. That's just know? like, um, I went on a couple of their rides and they're just wild and energetic and they're a lot of fun to go towards, but I'm like the oldest one there and I feel a bit out of place. But yeah. at the same time, I'm just doing wheelies on a bike. So, Dude, I, I think the like... biggest thing about this, and like I fuck with this, I talk about this in all my podcasts, like the thing I'm working on the most is community. Yeah. You know, like I just want, obviously I'm trying to build a family around me so when I get old you've got family. Yeah. But the, the thing that comes straight after family is community. Yeah. So if you're not belonging to something, and like this is the thing, belonging to your local community is wank factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's good to like, you know, go and support business and to, you know, be, be part of like physically going down the main street and, and like buying things and doing yeah. things. But the part that I really fuck with is like, I want to be around people who like doing what I doing, what, what I like doing for as long as possible. Uh -huh. I really want to be the, the 50 something year old dude riding yep. his fucking bike, trying to do wheelies yep. with the kids and, and telling stories about how once I had 80 proof on my podcast, <laughs> and, you know what I mean? And like that really takes participation today. Yeah. You know, if you want that to be big in 30 years time, this is, this is what I'm doing. You have to start today. That's right. Now, yeah. And like I'm replicating now with my skate crew what Derek did with FTW yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. You know, and like I, I was talking to him about this last night, like yeah. I literally just took the framework of what he did yeah. and like down to like 
I never really understood this, but like, if you want people to fuck with the things that you do, you literally have to tell them, make it easy for yeah. them, like invite them along, make yep. it like, uh, what is it when you get something, make it a, oh, what is it when you get something in, re- in reward for what you do? incentivize it all yeah, you know? yeah. so it's like come and be a part of this yeah. and you'll get this out of it and then the result is that people go fuck I actually want to be a part of that and yeah. then when they are a part of that then they belong to it then they want to stay a part of that yeah. and I think that these niche activities that we're involved with like roller, rollerblading yeah. and cycling and especially the niche parts of it like fixed gear riding yeah. it's like fuck yeah let's I, I know it's been disbanded, but let's get back together because in, yep. in five years' time, we can have 50 people rocking up on a Thursday getting fried chicken yep. together. Like, dude, doesn't that sound good? Well, he's working in a 50-year <laughs> specific shop and people all the time would be like, oh, I'm new in town or I'm just getting into whatever. Like, is there any group rides or whatever? And you'd just be like, you'd be like, Eminem, just be there, museum, 7 yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. There'll be people and you, there you'd like. have that, you know, that thing to invite them to. Um, and, you know, all the time I complain, you'd be like, oh, not enough people are out riding, whatever. And then I always, whether someone else or I remind myself, I'm like, so why don't you create, you know, you're complaining about it not being enough rides, or whatever. Yeah. But you yourself are not starting those rides. You're not, you know, like, how are people going to join you if you or yourself, do, you know, yeah. don't actually make that step to You it? just want to be one of the participants. You don't want to be the leader. <laughs> I, that's just me again, because I'm like always riding by myself, my own, you know, I always just feel like people aren't going to be involved in it. But like you said, you've got to start it to create that culture. And then over time, people want to get, you know, you were saying about the tree candy situation. Like he just started off filming his videos, doing skids in his car or whatever. Yeah. And then he found that people were really like, you know, involved in it, really wanted to, you know, were really, you know, like getting really attached to it and really looking forward to it and stuff. Uh, and now it's just blowing up to, you know, to be an absolutely massive and people were just almost like a cult. To know, be able to release a drink following and, and, and that be and a and fucking... That, yeah, like, yeah. so you don't realize how many people are... Uh, fuck with your stuff until you actually start to do it yourself and start and, and experiment and see like yeah well this is you. I like the data that I've collected so far what are you doing Jesse <laughs> come, come here the data that I've collected with the skate group that I'm involved with so far and I say that I'm involved with because I I run it and like oversee it but it yep. was started by another guy actually who had to move away from Bunbury yep but the thing I found is like even like when I go back on Monday night, there'll be like four, five, six skaters there. Mm-hmm. And we'll be doing it for over a year, mm-hmm. right? And you go, fuck, over a year and there's still only six people here? The majority of me does the skate to keep me skating. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I like skating, so yep. I go skating. I'm going to be there at six whether you come or not. Yeah. You know? But again, I, I picture in my mind one night there being 50 skaters all from Bunbury yeah. and we go and like the places in town want yeah. us to come there to get burgers because they know it's a thousand dollars walking in the door yeah. that takes however many years getting six skaters 12 skaters then yeah. 25 then 30 however many years it takes realistically it doesn't really matter about the long-term goal as long as you can appreciate that like cool six skaters tonight is part of the process yeah and i'm still skating and we're still getting burgers and we're still having fun you get that thing to look forward to too like when i was uh, like when m were on and I first moved to Melbourne, that Monday night to me meant everything every Monday yeah, night. Yeah, dude. Because I literally would, that Monday morning, i go to work and be like, this afternoon after work, i go home, quick, you know, fresh now, have a shower, you know, or, you know get changed. And then I'm, I'm to museum. Like, yeah, that, yeah, there's yeah. no option. Like, people are like, oh, what are you doing Monday night? Like, sorry, already got something on. Spoken every for. Monday, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I, would, and I want to get to that stage as well where people really look forward to, you know, that's that thing they every, every week look forward to that, you know, coming along and like that. It means it, it keeps your mental health really active as well, having that thing to look forward to. Like Fuck for yeah, me, like, you know, when during COVID, it was really good to go out and ride whatever, but at the same time, it also was like, I got nothing to look forward to. Yeah. You know, like it's, well, yeah, all I do is go out and hang out with my friends as well, as much as, you know, Man. I love riding by myself. I also just want to go and, you know, socialize. So I think for mental health, it's, it's really good to have those group rides and 
you might not realize, but the people who come along to your skating, it may seem like there's only five or six people coming along, but those five or six people are looking forward to that right, 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 and yeah. they're, they're coming along, they're hanging out with you on their skates and just thinking to myself like, I'm having a fucking blast. Like yeah. this is keeping me like a smile on my face and I think also that like sometimes it sucks being the guy running it because you're like I've got to be down there at this time and I got to yeah. you know it's the end of the day and I've had a big day and I got to be like hey how you going how's your week been you know mm-hmm. sometimes I don't really feel like that. That's the fucking routine and structure that keeps you uh, like a, an, an integral man. Yeah. You know and it's like yeah. I know you don't want to do it but you're the man now. Yeah. You want to be the fucking man? Go do it. And there's going to be times when you get here and it's going to be super rewarding. There's going to be yep. times you get here and it's going to be really fucking hard. You got to talk to someone you don't want to. Yeah. That's all part of it. Yeah. You know? And that's all part of it. Yeah. It's uh, it's all part of it. Like you said, it's you got to have your good days and your bad days, but you just got to remember the bigger picture. Yeah. One day I'm going to fucking own the skating community. <laughs> you just see the skating community in Melbourne. Like, talking of which, you know, like, I feel like if anything's going to thrive, it's in Melbourne. And that's just because, like, it, like we, I don't know like everyone's so like supportive of anything whether it's again like break dancing or rollerblading or yeah. like something so niche like throwing a fucking frisbee like we have a frisbee tournament here somewhere like Let's it's a natural go. like there are teams of guys I can't remember what it's called there's this thing where you're basically throwing frisbees around similar yeah. to soccer but you're playing a frisbee instead and like I didn't know it was a fucking thing yeah. so I worked with a guy who's like I'm like what are you doing this afternoon I work with him Kieran and he's like I'm gonna go and go to frisbee thing and I'm like the, the what and he's yeah. just like oh we just go throw frisbee around I'm like that's sick only in Melbourne Dude. would that be a thing and for you like you know you might have those five or six people like in Melbourne the museum after COVID as well because I feel like everyone went out and got skate it's like the skating community here oh, is yeah. like insane and like I've never seen roller skates at a skate park Yeah. you go down to skate park down here in Fitzroy and there was like two or three of these people on four you know roller skates not yeah, roller yeah, blades yeah. like skates Old are more popular shit. than roller blades now and I'm just like only in Melbourne would you see a scene for something that's anywhere else is like it's a full revolution yeah covid created a full revolution uh revolution for skating it was like it went from being kind of like the like gay gay thing to do like it was crazy like for the longest i i used to hide the fact that i was a skater when i was in high school you know because it was just like oh yeah whatever dude like that sort of thing and now like i it's funny because i tell people like oh you know i feel like a bit of a dork because i'm so tall and skating like no no skate why would you feel like that i'm like because i've had an entire life of feeling like the dickhead who rollerblades, you know? Yeah, fuck but those now, people though. Now I it's feel cool like though. it's you gotta just do your own thing. At the end of the day, it's you know, like that one person will see you, like you said, you're skating down the hill, feeling fucking great, and that one person like looks over you and be like, That guy looks like a dickhead. But then you remind yourself that two seconds after that he's just like, Oh look, there's a flower. Oh look look at this dickhead over here. Yeah. This guy can't park for shit. Like that girl's got a pretty dress. Like whatever, you know, you just gotta remind yourself so that you true. are crossing someone's mind for you know, one split second of the day, you are in your own rollerblades for those good, you know, few yeah, hours. That's so true. And it's so hard to get in my head. And that's something I've really, over the years, tried to really push. Like when you're going to get ready in the mirror and stuff, you're like, you know, you're like thinking to yourself, like, what are people going to think of me? Whatever, you know, what am, am I feeling myself? Whatever. Like, it's going to remind yourself that those people who see you and judge you or say anything, whatever, you're, you, they think about themselves 90% of the day yeah. and they thought about you for the fucking one split second and then the other person that junk in the street for one split second. Like, it's fucking weird. Even like, because those, uh, those glasses that I stepped out this morning wearing, yeah, like, oh, I yeah. haven't worn these before, I don't know how mm. I feel. It's funny because I feel more pressure walking down the street in Melbourne, somewhere that is like, you can be anyone. 100% you can, yeah. Anyone, anywhere, anytime, you know, like, but in Bunbury, I go out wearing whatever I want because I know that I built this reputation as being the guy like, oh, Jake's wearing a fucking a long sleeve white button up shirt with some short shorts and, and some Ugg <laughs> boots. Like, hey, that's just, that's just him, you know? Yeah, just his hat. <laughs> it's fucking weird because like, 
in my mind when I'm in when I'm at home, I don't I don't go like what are they gonna think of me? I think to myself like I didn't even know what I think of me. I'm setting that as well. You're like you all being the oh, one I, like Oh, let, let me surprise me. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, let's see if you can wear this bullshit that you know doesn't work. Yeah. And if you come home and didn't think about it the whole time, then people just look at you and go, oh, that's the guy wearing that thing. Yeah. And if they have an opinion of it, you're exactly right. They go to the next thing, the next yep. thing, the next thing, and it wasn't a real opinion. Well, anyway. that's the same thing about art as well. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's like graffiti and stuff. It's created just like just stop and make you think about something for a second. You know, like if you lived in a house that just had four white walls your whole entire life, you just go insane. Yeah. Or, you know, that's that's why I'm so, like, I love Melbourne, how much street art it has. Because you're walking along and then you see this piece and you just, like, stop for a second and it just makes you just, like, you know. Yeah, you and people can do the same thing. You can walk down the street and then you see someone wearing, you know, your, you know, like, your, your, your Jess's hat and yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. some, like, you White know, like, and... chicken plant. Yeah, like, you know, something whack and you just stop for a second and it makes you just, like, think and almost be, like, I don't think it's judging you. It's not that because it's, and that's what you sort of think people are doing. But at the same time, you made someone feel something and stop and just think for a second and just like have a moment themselves being like, that guy feels comfortable doing that. Like, yeah. what a fruitcake, but good on him. Like, well, you this know? is the thing, the dude who asks us for a cigarette, light, a cigarette lighter at the yeah. lights before, and it's like, this guy is dressed up like he is fucking playing a 10,000 person show tonight. <laughs> and it's like, I am fucking jealous. Yeah. He is killing it. You know, yeah. he's got the clean shave. It literally looked like a fucking rock star, a yeah. washed up rock star. And it's like, that's just who you are. That's what you do every day. Yep. You know, this is you. Yep. And it's like, uh, it's funny because I, I don't know whether this is just growing old, but like I get to these moments like that where I have that thing where you want to go like, what a fuck, what a fruitcake. You know? <laughs> and then you go like, well, who the fuck am I? <laughs> You're the fucking fruit I'm on the fruitcake. I'm wearing glasses right now. Yeah, He's probably yeah. thinking that I'm the dickhead. You Imagine know? fruitcakes looking at fruitcakes. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, what a dickhead. <laughs> dickheads looking at dickheads. Two ships at the like, night, eh? Just like, like, the two people pointing at each other being like, what dickheads? Yeah. And like, <laughs> at the end of the day, there's like people looking at the dickheads saying, yeah. What dickheads being like, what dickheads? Like, exactly, man. Exactly. No, you really can't. You just, I mean, in this world, you just can't think about what other people think. It's a really hard concept because that's all we do. And social media is made even harder because you just feel like whatever you put up, someone's going to have some negative to say or whatever. But you just got to remind yourself that even when people put a comment, a negative comment on their thing, like you can't drink poison expecting it to harm someone else. Like if it, if they felt a certain bad way or whatever, that's affecting them, not you. That's yeah. so you got to like just be wearing whatever you want, doing whatever you want, wearing your rollerblades, even if people don't fucking fuck with it. You just got to remind yourself that it's their issue, not yours. And it's such a hard concept. Yeah. And so like, you know, so just- you've got like a fucking good following on Instagram. Yep. Uh, you got like 30, 34,000. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So Reasonable, yeah. what's like, what was the trajectory? Uh, did you have like big periods of growth? Yeah, I, I first started my account, and that's where A-Proof came from. Uh, I used to really like, when I first started Instagram back when it started, whatever, um, I was just drinking a lot, living on the Gold Coast, and um, I really, uh, really liked Sailor Jerry. I just liked everything about it. I really liked, I was getting tattooed a lot then. Um, Sailor Jerry was a famous tattooist and then made the spice rum, which I happen to just absolutely love and drink a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, when I started my account, it was a personal account that I just put up stuff like, you know, like you do when you're yeah, yeah, yeah. just life. Um, I think I got up to about 4,000 followers. Um, and then just kind of got to the stage where I just couldn't, wasn't creative with it, couldn't just kind of go over again. You just kind of get sick of the negative content. So I just felt like it was so self-indulgent. And so like, I couldn't get myself to like, you know, those periods where I just didn't post and really didn't enjoy it and didn't want to put myself in front of the camera and take photos and like, yeah. just didn't give a shit about what other people thought about that. And it was really hard to motivate myself to find a reason to do it. Um, and then just before I moved to Melbourne, I just decided to stop doing that, create a whole new account, start fresh and have it purely for my writing. Um, I put a couple of videos on Facebook and people would really enjoy it. And I saw like, 
I could literally at any moment be like, oh, I should post a video today or photo and walk over to my bike, take a picture of it. Yeah. And it's relevant and I'll enjoy it. And I'm not involved in myself, but yeah, yeah. people, you know, people could enjoy something for what it was and it wasn't me. Um, so I switched the account name to April to the new account and then gave the old one, you know, my old personal account a different name and literally stopped posting on that. And just started again when I got to Melbourne, just started posting videos and it just like, I think it was a good time to be doing it because it was when Vixies were kind of started coming back and going, you know. But I just found like, again, I really just loved it. I yeah. could just go out at any day and get content because it was what I was doing anyway. Yeah, yeah. Even when I had my personal account, I was writing every day, but just didn't really think people gave a shit. And I was writing BMX before I started Fixed Gear and BMX is so saturated and so hard to be unique in. Yeah. But Fixed Gear, I felt like I brought my BMX skills to Fixed Gear. And for a lot of people, like Fixed Gear Freestyle has been around for a long time. I, I don't know where, but back in 2008, nine, it was blowing up. Yeah. They even had Red Bull sponsors and stuff. Yeah. Um, and for me, I was just kind of like, yeah, just doing bunny hops and tricks on my Fixed Gear because it just felt... Organic it was just a, oh, yeah. Did, yeah. I loved Fixed Gear because BMX, you'd have to put your bike on the train or in a car to go somewhere to ride somewhere. It's so impractical. <coughs> like, Sorry. Like tiny wheels, little seat. It's so low gearing. It's so slow. It's so, yeah, you're like working so hard for it. So when I got the fix, I got the fix gear originally. My mate Steve, his girlfriend bought him one and I just decided to have a go on it. And first day I rode it, I did a skid and I was like, this is, this, this is, is cool. Nice. This is yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I just like, so I went out, not long, went out and bought a cheap $200 fixie and just started riding from A to B and having a blast and kind of doing those tricks that wouldn't do in my BMX. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the way and just, through that just kind of started getting my own style through that and i didn't watch a lot of videos i kind of started doing fixed gear freestyle without realizing there was fixed gear freestyle yeah um and i remember like i actually got shunned a bit on the brisbane rides because i'd want to do wheelies and i still wasn't that good at it so every now and then i'd be in a packed on wheelies and i'd throw off the back and the bike would go flying yeah, like, i can see why the whole time all i want to do is dump shit on my fixie and do wheelies and bunny hops and tricks yeah and all these other guys want to be in lycra and big gearing and like drop bars and like I was a guy with oh, like oh that's a totally different approach yeah like they just wanted to blast and punch out 40k's and all I want to do is just like fish and chips and wheelies and like, yeah and like yeah so what was your first trick that you like nailed probably fish and chips was one of the first and I remember watching a million YouTube videos and I think I did that because you couldn't do fish and chips on like any other bike because you pedal backwards so yeah. BMX you, I mean, you could technically you know try and put a foot down you know, but fixed gear is a one trick that you can ride backwards on yeah, so, and, you, and that's what you actually do. A fish and chips, you do on rotations or are you just doing these ones? The whole time you're pedaling backwards, you never pedal forwards, but you sort of slow you. When you're going too fast, you stop your feet level. Yeah. And that kind of gives you a few spins. Then when you're slowing down, oh. you're starting your, you're starting your, your speed spins are kind of controlled with your feet. So idea, like in an ideal situation, you could actually just nonstop keep doing fish and chips. I go, I'd go till I'm too dizzy. Like if there's a point there where I'm like, if I don't concentrate enough, I'll fall to the ground. Cause you just, yeah. So I like, when I'm standing, like getting, throwing myself up to back on the saddle to ride away is at the point where I'm just like too dizzy. So I yeah. think I've got to, I think the most I've done is like in the twenties. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Like I've got a, a couple of videos. I'm, I think of How like, much travel have you got? You stay in one spot. So you can just stay in that one yeah. spot. So I've done oh. somewhere, I think I did, I did a video, I was like eight or nine of them in a row on like a pier and it's just like a square thing. And you don't really, yeah, you, you sort of stay there and do them. And when you lock them in and again, like I, I watched again videos of when I first got into it, I think it was 2010 or 11 is when I first got my fixie. Yeah. Um, like I could already manual a BMX. So you don't really do wheelie a BMX, you manual it. So your feet are still and you pull it up. Yeah. And that's because wheelies, you're kind of sitting on your seat and doing it. Yeah. Manuals is when you, you know. Um, so I kind of, yeah, like learning wheelies. I could always wheelie bikes no matter what, but fixed gear was, I probably went wheelies first. Yeah. Um, and I actually learned them like clipped in with big gearing. 
True. Again, again, like that's all I knew with fixed gear, so I decided to start picking it up and just. I, I that's know what nuts. It, you have to. It's be like, so scary because like when you're learning, you go over the back a lot. Yeah. And like for me, there was a few times where I was on my ass and I'm still clipped into the pedal, so that, like I'm on my ass, still kind of holding the bars or like bracing myself, and I'm yeah. still like clipped in. I hate that feeling, man. Um, it's bad enough when you do that in a roadie falling over at the lights. Yeah. You know, everyone does kinda... it. Um, I did a few times, you know, just like firstly going into clips, but. Again, when uh, Steve and I got into it, because Steve's the guy who got me into fixed gear for sure. Like, again, he was the first one to get one. Um, and me and him just used to just blast around at first. Um, all we had to do was just go fast and ride long distances. And we we're kind of sick of always hurting ourselves in our BMX. So we kind of went to fixies yeah. again to kind of like just have something a bit more like chill. That yeah, yeah. We, it was bikes, so we're going to have a blast, but we weren't throwing ourselves on the ground. And then after a while, I just started doing tricks. And, and now these days, I throw myself on the ground anyway. So it's kind of the yeah. same thing. So what, what was like, did you have a, a first big pop? <clears throat> what do you mean? Like with, like with, with following? Yeah. Um, it's pretty consistent for a while. It just kind of like climbed consistently for a long time. Uh, and like I said, I, I kind of really enjoyed um, bikes instead of a personal account because I could just um, pick a subject and just go out and ride and just do what I'd been like, filming whatever I'm doing anyway. Yeah. I don't really know why it kind of blew up. Because it doesn't really, like I said, Fixie Fixie has been around for a long time, but... I think you've got to try a factory of things happening. You're Australian. Every, the world loves Australians. Yeah, they do, yeah. You're covered in tattoos and you're yeah. doing something that's really niche. Yeah. You know? Um, and I never really sort of viewed Instagram as being like, you know, that viral thing or that, you know, whatever. It was always just because people would just keep pushing me because they really enjoyed it. Yeah. And people would comment it and I just learned that I just would comment back and really kind of build a little community online in a sense because... I just really enjoyed that people loved doing what I love doing. Yeah. And it wasn't about me, it was about my writing. And that was kind of a bit more like easier for me to, to get in yeah, love, to true. fall in love with Instagram and start then learning about the algorithms and, and learning about when to post and that kind of stuff. And I really did that because I wanted more people to see my stuff because I was really enjoying it and wanted like, yeah. love that feedback. Yeah, I think um, um, one easy thing is like, if you're not going in with the intention of like, how do I get the most viral clip? If you instead go like, how do I make what I'm doing look the very best? Yeah. Because a byproduct of that is going viral. And the good part about it is, is like it, you can be passionate about it and it's mm. effortless. You yep. can be excited about the result you're getting and you're producing because yep. you're like, this is exactly what I, like this is the best angle, this is yep. the best version, even what I posted this morning of you. Yep. Like that clip is so almost addictive to watch because it's like, as I was explaining yep. to you, that the way that everything's moving in time yep. with each other, it's like, it's so like, oh, it's aesthetically pleasing. Yep. I, I love watching Flatland BMX that reason. Yeah. Some of the angles and balance points they find just blows my mind because I'll do one spin and it's so difficult. And these guys will just pivot on one spot in different parts of their bikes. And they just lock into that balance point. Like it's hard enough doing balance point. Like, you know, just as well as I do, when you do a wheelie, you got to find it's all about that balance point. Yeah. Whereas on a flatland bike, they're doing it on the pegs, saddle, bar, like all over the bike, they're finding that balance point on everything. Dude. And like, if you can nail one balance point to get like 10 different balance points. A combination in, bike, in a row is blows nuts. my mind. So I, I kind of get that people would watch fish and chip and be like, how the fuck? You know, the same thing as why I watch a guy on a flatland and a girl, you know, and then they just are pivoting on that one point over and over in that one. And I'm just like, how the fuck are you still like doing that? Like, it's just. I'm, uh, there's this guy in Perth, Trav, and he rides uh, sumos, um, grom, like he can wheelie fucking anything, I'm yep. guessing. But he like, his transitions, like his combos when he's doing shit on the back wheel. Sorry, he's a wheelie rider. Yeah, yep. Um, he's a full stunt rider, but he's a real specialty in wheelies. He's done a fucking, uh, you know how like um, that Jake dude from London does the no front wheel, uh -huh. 
Yeah, so he's done that on a uh, 110. Yeah, sick. Taking the front wheel off a 110 yeah. and just done loops for that. Started with no wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, uh, I watch him do these combinations where I can understand that it's happening. Obviously, my mind conceives it because you're like, I'm watching it and it's happening. Yeah. But I do not understand how you have a variable balance point on a fucking moving motorbike yeah. when you don't have control of the it's back brake. It's all in your wrist as well. It's like all it's wrist. Just, it's so he's got no control of, of his back brake. Yeah. And he's moving around like he's stepping on the yeah. back seat and then doing yeah. like down to the ass down to the other yeah. ass back up again it's like putting a leg over you like yeah how do I, you get good at that I watch <laughs> the know? same thing yeah i mean you just have to remind yourself the amount of time like when you see that i just remind myself of how much time they've spent by themselves or with other people just rep like re that muscle memory that re yeah. replicating it over and that's and the over. bizarre part like, is that's what it is and like, no panic as well like either you panic and you like that's at the moment where you like start not being sure of yourself like if you like uh, there's been points where I'm wheeling and a car's coming over and then I got a tram next to me and like part of you just wants to drop it and like yeah, scurry whatever. So the other good. part of me is like just hang back, let it all happen, and then it'll clear out and you're like, yep, and like How crazy uh, is it that you actually learn the more you relax, the better the result pretty much all the time? hundred percent. I always say that like when people are like, What's the tips for wheeling? I'm like, just put all your weight into your hips and when you are up in a wheelie, you're pushing on your legs the same amount as you would in a flat ground. It's yeah, all yeah, yeah. The less you jolt and move, and the more like chill you are, and just like putting your weight in, just letting it, it will just it. happen. Yeah, like, dude. That feeling. Um, oh yeah, my god, that feeling. That balance. That, like when I first learned no foot wheelies, I was just like, because that's purely balance point. It's not. There's no brakes, and you don't. You're not pedaling. Yeah. So no foot wheelies are all your weight in your in your hips, and just where you put your feet in. And that was like, I think I was more stoked to learn them than normal wheelies. So I'm just like, this is the pure balance point. This yeah. pure you just floating. Like, look, mum, no feet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even realize that a fixed gear is easier to wheelie a fixed gear than is any other bike. Like for me, I could really anything you give me because again, that balance point is what you got to find on each thing. Yeah. But fixed gear, like you're in control the whole entire time with your feet. So it's just like, yeah. Dude, I had a full moment yesterday when I, because like obviously we went for a quick ride and I pulled your bike up and like doing a wheelie. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's sick. Went to Derek's place, got in his jewelry, <laughs> yep. pulled that up. And that's a whole different bike again. Again, you yeah, know, your suspension adds to it. You're further yeah. forward, you got more suspension. So you really yeah. got to reef it up. And then when you get it there, um, you know how like knobblies, you you kind of have to balance more than on slicks because you, you've got like this point and then two flats and then a drop off. And then you pass that point and it's just boom. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I realized like, holy fuck, I rode two bikes that I've never ridden before and just pulled the front wheel up yep. straight away. Like I'm at that level now. Yeah. And just the, the thought that like, I think, I don't know if it was me and Derek or me and you talking about this, um, like as a fucking 30 year old, as a 29 year old, yep. I learned how to wheelie a bike. Yeah. You know, it's like the fucking amount of, like Derek said to me years ago, you want to get good at wheelies? Pull the front wheel up a million times. Yeah, yeah. It's just a million times. And once yep. you've done it a million times, you'll be able to do it. Yeah. And then you realize like, what you're saying is exactly right. Yep. These cunts have done this so many times now that the less they think about it, the better it is. It's almost sad how much time you have to spend. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like you look at someone who's really good at something and you're like, you've just spent so much time in a car park doing that same. But, and I look back at what the amount of time I've spent by myself just doing it over and over. But like, then when you go and jump on someone else's bike and just do it straight away and you're like, how the fuck are you wheeling my bike better than me? And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I had in Jakarta. I, spend, like. I, get, like, I gave my bike to um, Dill and Derek. Oh, uh, yeah, Dill. And they're the both boss. doing fucking fish and chips. Yeah, really. yeah. And I'm like, no, my bike doesn't do... Oh, okay. It, it, it I, does, I don't yeah. do that on that bike. Yeah. And then you realize, like, okay, if that... I think the biggest thing for me and, like, it's different seeing you online doing something mm. and you live in Melbourne, you know, you're, you're 80 proof in Melbourne. Of course you can do all this crazy shit. But then when Dylan comes to Bunbury yep. and he gets on my bike and he does something that's crazy, it's like, Shout oh, out to Dylan. I love you, bro. Yeah, you're bro. You're a fucking legend. And we miss you. <laughs> yeah, good man, delicious, Dylan. bro. <laughs> but uh, then it makes it real. 
Yeah. Because then you go like, oh, sh- this is actually fully fucking possible where it's in front of me. And this is the same as going like Monday Night at the Museum. Yep. When you're surrounded by people doing shit that's better than you, metal sharpens metal. Yeah. You know, you get better by default. That's back to what we first started off in, in just being against someone else. Like I would learn more and will be more ambitious to learn something when I see one of my mates like Max learn something than again racing. Like, I, yeah. you know, like people who race are a completely different style of person to people who like do free, free, uh, so freestyle motocross or roller skating, roller blading, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Cause it's just like, I don't know, competitions to me are just a completely different thing. Like yeah. being around your mates and just learning something, vibing off them and then wanting to learn by yourself is just a completely different I even thing. said to Derek last night, I'm glad that it's you racing and not me. I grew up, yeah. like my teenage years were racing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a competitive motherfucker. Yeah. I need to not have someone that I need to beat. Otherwise my life is fixed around knowing yeah. exactly what it takes to beat them. Yeah. And that's why like having blacking as a creative pursuit is great. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, your only goal is to create enough money to live and hopefully heaps more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when there's no like clear, like I got to sell a thousand more t-shirts than this person, or I've got to create something that's 400% better than that product. Yeah. It's so much easier just to, like, go, okay, what did I do yesterday? What did Black Ink do last month? What did, what did we do last year? And how can we do it better this year? And that just creates this, like, almost freedom to be good, you mm-hmm. know, instead of, an, a, a, like, a, like, a necessity to be good, yep. you know? No, I 100% agree with that. It's really important. Yeah, fucking, all this talk about riding bikes is making me want to go ride bikes, eh? Well, I mean, you're talking about, <laughs> you're <laughs> preaching to the choir, to be honest. No. I am, um, I'm fucking super keen to uh see what i can do with the videos that i got of you yesterday and try and get some more shit today yeah no it's been really motivating i really enjoy it it's been good to have you around as well well is there anything you would like to plug um yeah just jump on and and support me on instagram on uh at 80 proof um again just jump in the comments tell me what you think um if you're in melbourne don't be afraid to reach out and dm me and come join me i don't even care like what bike you're on because i I thrive with bikes in general. The only reason I'm stuck to fixed gear is it's kind of like the only thing that's really like, I mean, I take a little bit further, but yeah. whether you're on BMX, mountain bike, whatever, just come join me for a ride. I'm, I'm down for it. I don't care if you're skateboarding. I got a skateboard. I mean, I'll probably rollerblade. I'll do whatever. So, Dude, it's all um, fun, hey? That's the thing. 100%. If it's got wheels, I'm probably going to enjoy it. But uh, yeah, and again, if you uh, want to get some of my merch, it's um, 80 Proof Big Cartel. Um, I got a bunch of really. I'm not, I don't have one of me now, which is a bit bad plug. But oh, uh, I've got I've got keychains. So if you're Fuck. someone who loses your keys all the time, like I I promise you, they'll be the best investment of your life. They're really practical. Uh, I got hats, t-shirts, stickers, all that kind of stuff. I've been a bit lazy with promoting it lately, so jump on and, and help me with that. Um, and that just helps me buy more bike parts, and that makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> fucking <laughs> The more cruises, the better. Yeah, fucking uh, right. The more long neck cruises, the better. <laughs> but, eh? By the way, just go get yourself a long neck cruiser. I feel uh, bad that I, I finished my 600 mils of fucking um, cordial, alcoholic cordial before you, eh? No, I'm just talking too much. But, uh,. They anyway, really, they get down too easy. Yeah, fucking oath. My name is Jake Kerr. This is Rob Gaines. This has been Black Ink Podcast. Be good to your mum because we are fucking out. Appreciate you.